1: You're intentionally here. It is the year 2023. This is our first show. It's January 2nd. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We're live streaming on Rumble and YouTube. Share and subscribe if you have not. And I hope more than anything else, you guys had a great Christmas break. I hope everybody's feeling refreshed after the new year. You know, everyone thought 2020 was the crazy year. Remember when 2021 rolled in and everyone was like, well, we got 2020 behind us. And then 2021 came and 2021 was nuts. And then 2022 came, and 2022 was bananas. Well, we are now in 2023, and I think, or at the very least, it will be my mission to make 2023 a little more sane than what we've been going through for the last three years, because everyone seems like they've completely lost their mind. I think that if you watch this show, you're in what I would call the semi-sane lane. Sure, you have your issues, you're working on it. Okay, we could all better ourselves, myself included. But you're like kind of roughly sane. But the world is just gonna keep spinning out of control. That's just how it is. And I think the challenge for the uh, roughly, the semi-sane, is to pick up whatever pieces we can, build some things, whether it's families, or institutions, or communities, or whatever else, to like really have something that's ours as everyone else goes bananas. And that really is gonna be my theme for this year and everything we're doing going forward and uh and i just want to say i'm i'm really excited to be back in studio you know i had a great week we had a lot of family here my parents were here my brother was here with his three kids my sister visited uh with her three kids like we did the family thing the food thing the drinking thing the partying thing all of the stuff uh and it's it's always a nice way to end the year and then and then you come back and hopefully you're refreshed and ready to take on uh, the new year. And that's kind of how I'm feeling. Are we all feeling that today? We're all, we got, I got, all right, I got very consistent head nods. Everyone in this room is ready to take on the world. Are you people? That really is the question. Uh, Before we get to the meat of the show, I do want to get one fun, cool, kind of Interesting announcement that I've been working on for quite some time. I want to uh, address it real quick. So uh, as you guys know, we have been part of the Blaze Network for the last couple of years. They've been helping us on our ad sales side. And I do some stuff with Glenn and the team over there. And I absolutely love everybody over there. Uh, but at the same time, I did create Locals a couple of years ago. And the idea, of course, of Locals was to create community-based answers to all of the big tech problems, a place where you could have sort of uh, closed, closed conversation, let's say, like subscriber-based conversation where we could get things out to you guys without ads, all of those things. And we did that and then eventually, over the last year, we joined forces with Rumble and we really are building those alternative uh, pipes to the internet. So starting today, we're really doubling down on our Rumble and Locals uh, exclusive package, let's say. That's what we're gonna be doing going forward. So there are gonna be some some changes around here. First off, let me just say this. I love everybody at The Blaze. We are working on a license agreement with them so that they will still get the show. Uh, So, and if some of you are watching this on The Blaze right now, we're actually, we ended the contract with them, but because there is no tension, we're trying to figure out a few things. So you can still watch on The Blaze right now. So right now, nothing has changed if you're you're a Blaze subscriber, so you're good to go. Uh, But we will be doubling down on everything we're doing with Rumble and Locals. And starting today, uh, instead of doing locals questions at the end of the show, which is normally what we do where I take you know three or four questions or comments, things throughout the show, we're going to do a 10 or 15 minute post game show exclusively on locals at the end of every show. So that'll be a little more relaxed, a little more recap of what we've done. If I screwed things up, if you've got questions, if you want to get personal, all of that stuff. Uh, will be on Locals after. Uh, I'm sure there'll be many questions related to this and and the answers are still coming. And just one more time to be absolutely completely clear, we're working on the license deal with the Blaze guys. I love absolutely everybody over there. There was no tension, no anger, no nothing. There was no no problem whatsoever. It was just purely obviously at this point, I put so much into what I have, uh, what I've been building with Locals and Rumble and I really felt that that was sort of the way we gotta go. I know some of this is a little bit under the hood stuff, but anyway, there is that and uh, we shall see what happens. Uh, what I wanna focus on though for the, for the start of the show today is that as I'm sure pretty much all of you have heard, uh, broadcasting legend Barbara Walters passed away over the last couple days uh, at the age of 93. And you know, I've actually been an admirer of Barbara's pretty much forever. I mean, I, I literally remember probably late 80s, like when I was 12 or 13 years old, watching her interviews and watching her do her thing and and talking to all of these people and traveling all over the world. And then of course, creating the view and everything else. Uh, And I I think Barbara's uh, trajectory as a person, or at least politically from what you could tell, because sometimes it was hard to tell what her opinions were, but then you'd get these little glimmers where you could really see it. She really was an old school liberal. She believed in conversation as a as an interviewer. Uh, she really tried to bring together a diverse set of viewpoints on the view. That was the initial point of the view, to bring together these people who look differently and thought differently and to be able to sit at a table and respect each other and have conversations. So she was an old school liberal in that regard. And I think her passing, and maybe her passing really as the year came to a close, was uh, was sort of a metaphor for what's going on in America right now because we don't have, as you know, those liberals anymore. There's there's a couple people trying to wave that flag and I, I certainly was one of them for a long time and I think in a, in a sort of perfect world that doesn't exist, I still could be one of those people to, to some extent. Um, but with her gone, I think there really is a, a, a way that we can look at the media now and really see how out of control it got just by looking back at a little bit of her career. So that's what I'm gonna frame most of the show on today. And uh, I, th- I think they're gonna dig it. That's my feeling about that. So let's uh, let's start off with this quote from Thomas Sowell because a couple days ago, I was trying, when I was thinking about when we come back, how I wanna frame the show. This was before Barbara passed away. I was trying to think, I want like a quote or is there a great video or something that really could frame what we wanna do here going forward for 2023. And we, we found this great quote from the fantastic, there isn't even an adjective to describe him, Thomas Sowell. People will forgive you for being wrong, but they will never forgive you for being right, especially if events prove you're right while proving them wrong. That kinda hit it on the head right? Like, think of the things of the last couple of years, whether it was the Hunter Biden laptop, and Russia collusion, and Brett Kavanaugh as a serial rapist, and I know you guys know the list, Jesse Smollett, and all of these things, all of the COVID stuff, all of the censorship related to big tech, uh, Donald Trump, very fine people on both sides, all of these things. There were some people who viewed those things with a skeptical eye, some people who did not all and completely buy Russia collusion or that vaccine mandates were, were, were what was going to save us or some of those things. I think on the big issues, this is a little uh, self-inflating, I suppose for me to say, but on the, on the big issues, I've basically been on the right side of things. Uh, I've made some wrong moves along the way, right? Some wrong predictions, I would say. Uh, I really thought the red wave was coming. It didn't, it didn't fully materialize, obviously. But there's a difference between sort of getting the, the big stuff right and then like the, the racehorse politics part of the stuff wrong. And I think the position we're in, which is the reason that I wanted to throw that, that uh, quote up, the position we're in right now is, well, all of these people who got so much wrong, who then injected their kids with stuff, who forced doctors and nurses who were at first non-essential to then be fired, None of these people have been fired. Now, Fauci's out, right? So today is technically day one as January, you know, it's the first Monday of the year of Fauci no longer being in government. He's been in government for 40 years. That's good. But Walensky's still running the CDC. Nobody got fired at Pfizer or Moderna for pushing vaccines that have all sorts of side effects and that aren't uh, as effective as they were promised to be. So many people in our political machine, in our, in our media machine, they got, it's not just that they got these things wrong, it's, it's that they were, they were using, using these things to bludgeon those of us who believed in choice and, and liberty. And the way I would connect that to, to sort of Barbara Walters is the ideas of liberty and discussion and not forcing people to do things, those were once liberal ideas. Right? Those, that was the core actually of liberalism, right? I might not agree with what you say, but I will defend to, with my life your ability to say it. The ACLU in the early 70s, defending the rights of Nazis to march in Skokie, Illinois, a place that had more Holocaust survivors than any other place in the United States, Because as long as they did it nonviolently, they could exercise their free speech, as could the people who wanted to then counter-protest them and everything else. So there used to be these people like Barbara Walters. Uh, There used to be, well, there still is a Bill Maher type uh, person. And there are some others that are kind of there. And I think, as you know, the question is, can you ultimately... Take your ideas and then vote for people that will defend those ideas, or do you always end up voting the wrong way? And I think this is all related to some of uh, what Barbara's career was all about. But before we get to the Barbara stuff, I want to show you a clip. Uh, Bill Maher had Mark Cuban on uh, his podcast this past week, and of course, Mark Cuban—he's a tech. He's got to be—he's got to be a billionaire, right? He's a b- billionaire with a B, uh, and uh, and he's on Shark Tank, and he owns the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, and he's fairly outspoken. I think he probably considers himself to be a liberal. And he's got like a little bit of the woke stuff in him. But anyway, he and Bill Maher sat down and they talked about the difference between woke and liberal. I think it's, a, it's an interesting little bite.
0: You guys don't get it. Woke and liberal are two different things. They're very often the fucking opposite of each other.
1: Yeah. So don't
0: lump and then be like, anybody to the
1: right of woke is a concern. no. People just want to live. Freedom should be a liberal thing. The the word is, that's what liber means, free. Free, right. And look, we can have different attitudes, but just the idea of people getting classified as woke or non-work or conservative, we don't talk about ideas anymore. We don't talk about solutions Solutions anymore. We talk talk about about categories. categories. Interesting, the the Cuban portion of it, first, we don't talk about ideas anymore, we just label people. I mean, we talk about ideas here. I, I don't know what he means by we exactly, right? If he means mainstream media, corporate press, the, the machine that, and I don't mean this to attack more Cuban, I think he's probably a decent guy, he's made some mistakes along the way. We've, we've communicated on Twitter every now and again. Um but like there are plenty of people talking about ideas, right? There really are. It's just not the machine people talking about ideas. The machine people are the ones that want to mandate people to do things. The machine people, the corporate people are the ones who want to say, if you don't believe this, the moment we believe it, you're a racist and a bigot and a homophobe and you're anti-science and all of those things. But I wrote a couple books about ideas. I try to do that on this show every day. I'm certainly not the only one doing that. You could flick on uh, Shapiro or Crowder or a whole bunch of other people, or uh, have you heard of this Jordan Peterson guy? I'm pretty sure he talks about ideas all the time. So it is happening, but it isn't. it just hasn't really fully bubbled up to that mainstream layer. And I don't know how important that mainstream layer is anymore. So it's interesting when Bill Maher says freedom should be a liberal thing. Well, of course he's right. Freedom should be a liberal thing. Liberals should constantly be defending freedom of speech and freedom of association and all of those things, and making sure that the government is not infringing on your free speech. Uh, but liberals don't really do that. You, you guys know my feelings about you know, sort of the, the d- divergence, let's say that, that Bill Maher and I have had. Um, and I, I think it's a lofty goal what he's trying to do to still wave that flag and say, hey, we liberals have to act liberally, we have to silence the woke, that, that is a lofty goal. I don't think it can be done from the political position which he's in, which is sort of why two or three days before the midterm elections, Bill Maher was making the rounds on television telling people to vote for Democrats to save democracy. I I just think he's mistaken with that, right? So that's that's different. But the point is that Bill and I can have that conversation. So now I want to bring this to Barbara Walters, uh, because Barbara Walters really was someone who was trying to do this. And, and for those of you that are on the more conservative side that are watching this going, well, I didn't like what Barbara Walters did with The View or anything else, uh, you have to sort of take someone's life in the time that they lived. And in the time that she lived, especially for you know those 30 or 40 years when she was, she was a mainstay of American culture and politics and everything else, she really was someone that was trying to talk to all sorts of people which again, once was a liberal position. Uh, but just here's a little bit more on her passing from the Daily Wire. Barbara Walters, a journalist at ABC News who helped forge the way for women to appear on news broadcasts, has died. She was 93 years old. ABC News broke the story on her death, but provided no details or any statements from her family. So I suppose we'll find out a little bit more about how she passed at 93 years old, it really doesn't matter at this point, but she has a legacy to be very, very proud of. Uh, and also, you know, I don't really care about the, the identity politics version of this, but she was a true tra- uh, trailblazer, not only just as a journalist, but as a woman. Like it, now women do everything and that's great. If that's what they wanna do, it's just great. And I don't care if an interviewer is black or white or male or female or gay or straight or anything else, but she really was in essence the first mainstream woman interviewing heads of state and states and popes and going everywhere and doing absolutely everything and getting it to the place that it became normalized. And we should give credit to the people that do that. Uh, here's a little compilation of some, of some of Barbara's work over the years. This is just a random collection that we put together. And you know, she interviewed everybody. It was, it was celebrities and reality TV people to literally the Pope and the president. Here's just a little bite.
0: You don't really act, you yeah. don't sing, You don't dance. You don't have any, forgive me, any talent. Nikki recently released a song. It's called Hell Yeah. It's about American Idol. And she says, I'm quick to check a bitch if she is out of line. Are you the bitch she's singing about? Don't know. Don't know what she's singing. I didn't know she sang. I thought she rapped or whatever. I'm sitting opposite you. But you are a little overweight? More than a little. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Well, if I could figure that out, I'd fix it. Do you try to diet? Oh, Barbara, I've had, I've had more diets and lost and gained back more weight in my lifetime than I care to count. There are people who say that you couldn't be president because you're so heavy. What do you say to them? That? No, that's ridiculous. Universal health care, folks, folks, okay. You want on. that same government. Elizabeth, calm down, dear. I can't, this yes, makes me Elizabeth. so upset, bro. I know, but we all, everybody has strong opinions, and there are many other arguments that other people could give you. I think the most important thing, which is what we see today, is we've got to be able to have these discussions and listen to other people's opinions. Yeah, right. And not go so crazy that you don't listen to I'm, anybody's I, mean, I heard everything you said. I just am emphatic I, I, I with... barely started. Well... And it's <laughs> not just my opinion
1: did there at the end so look we could have picked a zillion questions whether she was interviewing bill clinton or barack obama or literally the pope or whoever we picked a couple that were a little more in the culture thing but like to say to the kardashians to literally sit down with the kardashians and be like you have no talent like she did that to say to sit down with chris Christie, you're fat (laughs) to do that like she really was putting herself out there and trying to have difficult conversations like the Christie one is interesting because it's like Everyone kind of knows it, like he was never going to be president, but and it had something to do with his weight. Right. And she called him out on that. Like that just is Uh, to the Kardashians. You've become this cultural force. You do nothing. That's interesting. Uh, But really, at the end, there is the one that that it really is all about, where she says everyone has their own opinions, and in essence, we have to be able to talk about these things at the very table of the show that she created. She created The View. Can you give me the year on The View? What what, what year did The View come out? About 25 years ago, I think, or so. Uh, and when she created it, the whole idea of The View, as I said earlier, was to create this, this place for women, in this case, of all different walks of life to come together and do it respectfully. It came out in 1997, 25 years, so that's, uh, that's pretty good. About 26 years ago. Um, but she did that and she tried to maintain some level of let's let's have these conversations to the best of our ability. It's the most American thing you can do. Now we're gonna get to more on, or well, let's just keep going with this for just a second. So unfortunately, over the course of the 25 years of The View, it did devolve. And I think uh, that really is, is what I'm trying to show you here, that, sh- that she set out to do something really good and then the culture just got so crazy, and you could see her warning Elizabeth Hasselbeck. And by the way, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, who I've really, I, I don't know what she does these days, but I came to really respect her over the years. I was definitely a lefty and a liberal when I was watching The View years ago, and she was a conservative, so I disagreed with her a lot. But there, as Barbara's saying to her, we gotta kinda sit there and, and be able to have these conversations. Elizabeth really learned how to do that on The View, and she really did it quite well. But, but The View, now here's the, the point. I play a lot of clips of The View, right? And when we play the clips of you, it's like they've become the worst sort of shrieking harpies, judgmental, politically polarizing, um, using all of the baseless accusations of racism and everything else. Um, And there are moments over the years of The View that it really did collapse. And one of them happened while Barbara was sitting there. You may remember this, this is about 10 years ago or so, uh, maybe a little bit less. Do we know it was about 10 years ago? Yeah, around 10 years ago. Uh, Bill O'Reilly was on The View and they started talking about 9 11. Watch what happened here. You want to bet on that? You want to bet? I'll show you that poll in a minute. All I'm saying is, I'm a very talented Americans yes, 70% don't, want, then, don't want it. But there, why man. is that? But
0: why aren't we, we saying. This is inappropriate. Why is it inappropriate? We're going We kill this about? on 9 11. No, on 9-11 is that what you said excuse me what religion were they in Mr. McVeigh Mr. McVeigh was an extreme. extremist I'm telling you, of you hell. Hell. He 70% of the yeah. crises I don't want to sit here I don't want to sit here i you're outraged about Muslims kill this amount of love
1: Actually, uh, about 12, 13 years ago in uh, 2010, I, I don't wanna get too lost in the conversation that they were having. I, I would just say Bill, Bill O'Reilly floppily laid that out. You cannot blame all Muslims for the actions of some Muslims. You can't blame all Jews for the actions of some Jews, et cetera, et cetera, right? That is collectivism. But my point of that was not to, to get into the specifics of what they were talking about. It was to show that this, this show that existed to have people on, to have decent conversations, It devolved, and I think that really is a metaphor for so many of the things happening right now. Uh, Now, here's what happened right after that. And uh, this is Barbara at her best.
0: I wanna say something. I wanna say something to all of you. You have just seen what should not happen. We should be able to have discussions without washing our hands and screaming and walking off stage. I love my calling. It should not have happened.
1: I'm, I'm glad that the View audience applauded for her there. Now, the audience did not applaud as loudly as they did when Joy and Whoopi walked off. But now if you take all the times that I now make fun of Joy and Whoopi and you look back on that and you go, man. They could have tried to have a very difficult conversation there. Why couldn't Joy or Whoopi have said, you know, when you say this about all Muslims, that sounds bigoted. You can blame these specific people. We can talk about the doctrine of religions and how people get radicalized and all those things. But they couldn't do it. And again, that's not to defend the specifics of what Bill O'Reilly is saying. But the point is that at that time in 2010, Bill O'Reilly was the number one person in the history of cable news. He's since left Fox, obviously, and and Tucker now is the number one guy in cable news, but he was the number one personality on cable news. So the number one guy basically bringing news to the masses, he then sits down with these ladies and they walk away. Like if that's not indicative of what is going on here with journalism and with media and all of the stuff, and then Barbara did the right thing, Barbara did absolutely the right thing. And you can tell that was not planned. Right, Maybe Joy and Whoopi had a plan to to do whatever they were gonna do, but that Barbara immediately, that is not what you do here. Calling out her colleagues, in essence, her employees, she was the executive producer of the show. That is what we should all be fighting for. And unfortunately, clips like that then go viral and more and more people get emboldened to not have conversations. More and more people get emboldened to just say, you're a racist. I ain't gonna have anything to do with it. But unfortunately, what has happened, the voice, that Barbara is expressing there of conversation and let's work through this difficult stuff is really no longer there. And when that disappears, what do you get? You get a whole bunch of people calling for censorship. And that's what we have right now in our media and our political establishment. So now let's flash forward to literally yesterday, Amy Klobuchar, who of course was uh, running for president as a Democrat a couple years ago, she's largely become irrelevant, but she's still still hanging around. Uh, She was on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. Now, Chuck Todd is obviously a Democrat. He is a Democrat activist pretending to be a journalist. Uh, And here they are talking about censorship and big tech and what we should do about all of you people who say things that they don't like. Would it, look, Let's be realistic. The the tobacco companies changed after being hit with hefty lawsuits, mm-hmm. more than government regulation. After the lawsuits yes. came more government regulation. Right. Do you think if you open these company ups companies up to lawsuits? And by the way, Facebook's being sued overseas for what it what its role in um, in a, a Ethiopian civil war and some other places. Um, do you think their behavior would change? Uh, yes.
0: Because then, in order to continue, they have to put safety measures in place. Mm-hmm. Instead of sending out sweet little notes about all the good work they're doing, they would actually have to do something.
1: How these guys actually act in cahoots, the way he frames the question, comparing big tech companies who don't do what he wants, which is silence you, to tobacco companies, that's the danger. Now, tobacco companies knowingly were killing people. Everyone knew that nicotine was addictive. They knew that they were putting all sorts of other chemicals in there, and they knew how many people were dying of emphysema or lung cancer, et cetera, et cetera. And they had all this junk science and all these people that they would put on these shows to lie about it and everything else. Comparing that to big tech companies, and I'm not defending big tech companies, but they're their argument is big tech companies are not doing enough to silence you. This is It's such a crazy jump in logic, but he frames it that way, and that's just perfect for her to say, ah, if they don't do what we want, then we're going to start suing them into oblivion, or we'll break them up, or we'll send regulators in there, or God knows what. So you have a giant news organization, NBC News, calling for the silence of people. And why would they do that? Because they want the monopoly on information, right? Chuck Todd does not want, I don't know Chuck Todd, but Chuck Todd does not want you watching the Rubin Report, right? Chuck Todd doesn't want you thinking about things that are outside of the window of the things that he wants you to think about, right? Of course not, of course not, right? He wants people to, to believe in his worldview and watch that. I would like if more people believed in my worldview, but I'm not out there trying to censor other people. And of course, the really interesting part about that is what they keep telling you they're worried about is misinformation and disinformation. But if we were to go through the litany of things that Chuck Todd and NBC News and CNN and Washington Post and everywhere else has lied about over the last couple of years, they would all be banning themselves and suing themselves into oblivion and much more. I could have shown you 400,000 roughly compilations of media lying about things and demonizing people and everything else but well, we got this one. It mostly focuses on the uh, the Canadian truckers. You may remember them.
2: Ottawa is being besieged by a group of anti do anything about COVID truckers called the freedom convoy. A so-called freedom convoy.
1: So-called freedom convoy of truckers.
2: The police chief is calling it a nationwide insurrection driven by madness. This city is under siege. They are now calling it an occupation. A threat to democracy, uh, an insurrection, sedition, sedition. Insurrection, a threat to democracy. We've heard it called a nationwide insurrection. This is kind of our
1: insurrection by air horn moment. I think it's part of the globalization of Trumpism. It's
2: a cult. (laughs) Yes, it is. Residents say they feel like hostages. There hasn't been as much violence as some had perhaps projected, but that does not necessarily mean that it has been peaceful.
1: Alarming situation there in Ottawa.
2: They will have to call a black woman justice in america she's going to be sitting there as a woman in her black skin in a black robe on the highest court in the land finally there'll be people going in front of the the court looking like me and seeing someone that looks like them to all the colored girls who considered shaping justice when this system was not enough This moment is ours. Let me just
0: go ahead and speak for all black women in America today saying we are extremely proud. This was
1: a step towards the court actually looking like a reflection of the country it oversees. So the the first part of that obviously was the truckers and the way that they frame the truckers, right? They're all racist and bigoted. And they remember Justin Trudeau literally called them transphobes. That's why he said they were out on the street. What's also interesting, did you notice a couple of times those uh, journalists called it the so-called Freedom Convoy. It was called the Freedom Convoy. The Freedom Convoy people called it the Freedom Convoy. Uh, but however, when we had this don't say gay thing here, which was not called don't say gay, right? It was HB 1887 or something like that. Uh, no one called it the so-called don't say gay. They just labeled it the, the don't say gay. So these little tricks that, that they do, that is, that, that is so important for you to be able to see and then of course the reason that we showed you the Katanji Brown Jackson stuff after was that so much of the framing about her becoming a Supreme Court justice and being nominated in the first place had nothing to do with her qualifications it was great to see a black woman but that in and of itself it doesn't make You worthy of being a Supreme Court justice. This is literally a woman who could not define what a woman is. So who am I I to say what a woman is when I describe her? It's very confusing. Uh, But there are some people in journalism still trying. There are. One of them is one of the people that I think is is the most interesting in, in politics or media right now, which is Tulsi Gabbard, again, who is a... You guys know this. She was a Democrat, a progressive, a lefty her entire life. She has now at least left the Democrat Party. She goes on Tucker a lot. She's hanging out with, you know, crazy right-wingers like Dave Rubin. Uh, And she has been guest hosting for Tucker. And she had on, just over the last couple of days, uh, there is a Republican congressman, newly elected Republican congressman, George Santos. And you may have heard about this story. It has now turned out, as he has been elected, so he, he won, he is now a, a congressional freshman. Uh, it is turning out that his entire resume is a lie. Not only the places that he worked, but he pretended that he had family members who I think were Holocaust survivors. Then I think he said he was gay, but it turned out he was married to a woman. Like it, it's, so, it's like such a crazy, ridiculous story. Anyway, Tulsi, guest hosting for Tucker, had him on and did what Barbara Walters did. did. She asked the tough
2: questions. You don't really seem to be taking this seriously you've apologized you said you've made mistakes but you've outright lied. a lie is not an embellishment on a resume you said you worked at goldman sachs and citigroup but they've said we've got no record of this guy working for us you've said you've gone to and graduated from these universities but they've said well we've got no record of that these are blatant lies and it calls into question how your constituents and the american people can believe anything that you may say when you are standing on the floor of the House of Representatives, supposedly fighting for them. That's the real issue here.
1: Well, look, I, and I, I agree with what you're saying. And as I stated, and I continue, we can debate my my resume and how I worked with firms such as is Goldman. Is it and City debatable or, or is it long. just false?
2: No, it's very debatable. It's very debatable.
1: No. I, no, it's not false at all. It's it's debatable. I can I can sit down and explain to you what you can do in private equity, in, in capital intro, via servicing limited partners and general partners. And we can have this discussion that's going to go way above the American people's head, but that's not what I campaigned on. I campaigned on delivering results wow. for the American people by, by lowering inflation. I can sit down and if you want to have that discussion, I'd be glad to Tulsi to explain that to you C- and make sure that Elect- we, we, we settle the score
2: that this is not about settling scores. And I think you just you just kind of highlighted, I think, my concern and the concern that people at home have. You're saying that this discussion will go way above the heads of the American people, basically insulting their intelligence.
1: Yeah. You see what we did here with the barber thing? There are some people trying to do something kind of decent, and I think they have to be credited when they do that. I actually don't even want to make this about this Santos guy, and, and it's to some degree, I don't even care that he lied about his resume. People lie about all sorts of things. Now I would prefer that they did not, but the media now, the, the rest of the media, which is not interviewing him, which is just talking about him, is saying he has to step down and how could he lie? And oh my God, lying is so bad. And again, I don't like lying. Uh, but if only they had ever asked questions about another guy who lies a lot, because there's this guy who's always stumbling and fumbling around, do you know who I'm talking about? And he's always kind of like wandering and saying crazy things and pretty much lying about everything.
0: Uh, I, I, I got raised in the black church. He knows I'm not kidding. I got my education for real in the black church. And that's not hyperbole. It's a fact. I probably uh, went to school more than many of you did. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, all think I'm kidding. He can tell you no, I'm not. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home, politically. I just have one thing to say. Hang on. <laughs> All right. There you go. Dance a little bit, Joe. Come on. I'll you, my
1: I assure you, we could have shown you many, many other moments of Joe Biden lying. If you get the vaccine, you will not get nor transmit COVID. How about that one? all the times that he called Donald Trump racist, everything else. Uh, he grew up in the black church. He was going to shul all the time. The guy's playing desposito. I mean, he's everything. He's a shapeshifter. Whatever you want him to be, he can be. But the media, as you know, of course, if Democrats lie, you don't get called out on that. Actually, what they do is they protect you. So if there's a hunter by the laptop story, we're not gonna talk about that because that's misinformation. But if we can find one random Republican who lied about a bunch of stuff, and again, I'm not defending him for doing it, that guy is where we have to focus all of our energy. So what do we need as I do this show, the very first show in January of 2023? We need a better and healthier media, but you know what? We're not gonna get it from the corporate press. There will be little glimmers, like what I just showed you there from Tulsi, that will still have that spirit of what Barbara Walters tried to create a long time ago. There will be these people that will try to have difficult conversations. I will continue to do that, I promise you guys. Uh, one of my main goals this year will be to have more counter voices on the show. I will gladly do it. I will really, really gladly do it. I used to do it more. And then what would happen was I would get an insane amount of hate, usually from people on the left for having uh, talked to someone on the right when I was a lefty. And then it flipped eventually, right? So it's like, I will keep trying to do it, but we need a better media. I'm not bullish on that idea. And we need better political leaders. And it's hard to get good political leaders because the media is so biased, because the culture has gotten so rotten. Good, decent people don't want to get involved. And I mean that at the citizen level and I mean it at the political level. But every now and again, some people step up. One of those people who has stepped up is the creator of the Libs of TikTok Twitter account. Her name is Haya Raychik. Uh, People did not know her name for a long time. As you know, she was suspended by Twitter many times when the Twitter files came out. She was one of the accounts that was repeatedly suspended and banned, and they never had a specific reason why. All this girl does is she finds these crazy gender activists who are often uh, elementary school teachers. She finds their TikTok videos of how they're indoctrinating kids, and then she reposts them, often without comment. So she's just taking their stuff and showing it to other people. But for showing what they're saying themselves, she has been called a homophobe and a transphobe and a racist and everything else. But she is someone who stepped up in the middle of this insane culture war, she got involved. And then when she stepped up, somebody else who I've talked about once or twice on this show decided to help her out. Uh, Here she is uh, with Tucker Carlson just a couple days ago talking about just that.
2: Someone from Ron DeSantis' team called me. Really? yes and she said um, the governor wanted me to give you a message um, he said if you don't feel safe or you or your family if you need a place to go to hide to stay you you can come to the governor's mansion What? that we have a guest house for you and you can come and stay as long as you need
1: the governor of Florida yes
2: I I can't even I was like I was almost in tears like The governor of Florida, like he has nothing but like- And you're living in California. I'm living in California and he took time out of his, I'm assuming extremely busy schedule. You think? (laughs) I mean, he's the governor of Florida and to send someone to call me to make sure I'm safe.
1: You see what I'm saying? This idea that if you step up, you can inspire other people to step up. Well, that's just a very granular example of that right there. She started doing the right thing. The media, big tech, everybody went after her. The worst sort of hit pieces, doxing her, all sorts of awful stuff. And then the governor of a state on the polar opposite side of the country, 3,000 miles away, of which she is not a resident, says, hey, if you're in trouble, we'll help you out. You'll, You'll be safe over here. So that's her stepping up. It's him stepping up. And then what that also is, is that other people start seeing it. And other people get it in their, get it, they get it in their pores. Like, man, you gotta do some things for yourself. And guess what guys, you know it, but it is happening at, at the most obvious level. Uh, my buddy Clay Travis tweeted this out. This is absolutely fantastic. Uh, some info, uh, latest population numbers have re- been released. California's population declined the most in 2022, while Florida's grew the most. Florida added 1,200 people a day, while California lost 600 people every day in 2022. That is completely consistent, by the way, guys, with what's been going on there. California, for the first time in 2020, lost population, then the second time in 2021, and now the third time in 2022. And all of those freedom-loving people who just want the government off their back, who I have no doubt, in most cases, they're not the most staunch conservative people. They're usually liberals who have been mugged by reality and who fortunately, and the proof is in the pudding by DeSantis' 20-point win, will now vote the right way when they get here. They are leaving. They're taking their resources, their lives, their work, their jobs, their friends, their family, and they're moving into a place where freedom is, is running rampant, where literally the governor is offering to give the guest house in Tallahassee to someone who is fighting for the right things. And that is what is happening here. So I say all of that to also tell you that tonight, uh, or right after the show, actually today, I'm heading on up to, I'm jumping on a plane, I'm heading on up to Tallahassee uh, because uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, who won by 20 freaking points, one of the biggest landslides in American political history, who has turned uh, Florida from purple into deeply, deeply red, who led at the top of the ticket to the point that Marco Rubio, who was expected to win, absolutely crushed it. Republicans have uh, majorities, a supermajority, but majorities all over the state, right? Like this state is functioning and working, and we rebuild bridges, and we're building houses fast, and everyone's moving here, and tech is exploding, and all of that stuff. Uh, well, he is being uh, inaugurated. Uh, tomorrow, so uh, there will be the inauguration in the morning. So I'm heading to that, and then there is a ball tomorrow evening. There's an event tonight, and a bunch of other things. So I'm going to go. I'm going I'm to bring my trusty phone, and I'll try to get some video uh, that we can post and a bunch more. But why did he get reelected? Why was it because uh, he is he's some sort of uh, mean person who has tricked people into voting for him, or is it just because uh, he believes in freedom and that's what the people of Florida? Uh, believe in. Well, you may remember this. to live in the free state of florida we are going to carry this torch of freedom onward because our mission is very simple we are keeping the state of florida free thank you
0: all god bless you. What
1: happens in america well when you care about freedom 1200 people a day move to your state and they flee the states that don't care about freedom and that's because of the, the OG Floridians who I always like to credit. Whenever I give a speech here in Florida, I always say, I gotta give some credit to you guys. Florida man used to be a meme, you know, wrestling the alligator on a golf course with a cigar in his mouth, pulling a puppy out of its jaws. We used to make fun of that guy, but he did something right. And that's what's going on right here in the state of Florida and, and the, me, the the message of freedom that is happening here is, is something that I think Florida will export. I always call it the blueprint for America, but it's something that I'm gonna try to export throughout 2023 and we are gonna have to fight, right? We're gonna have to fight the lies. We're gonna have to fight that corporate media. We're gonna keep getting more of these Twitter file dumps. Supposedly in the next couple of days, there's gonna be a, a, a Fauci related Twitter file dump and more and more people will find out what's true, but the machine will push back because it doesn't want you to know that stuff, right? It wants you to keep you at that Chuck Todd, uh, NBC level of truth where you're, you're just not getting the truth or they're confusing you as to what the issues are and all of that, um, but we got a chance and that's why I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. It's also why I said uh, at the top of the show that we are doubling down on everything we're doing with Rumble and Locals to ensure that, that no one will stop me from saying what I believe to be true and making sure that you guys will always be able to watch that Um, so with that in mind, the way we are going to do the show going forward, normally this is the part of the show, uh, where I'd be reading a couple comments from the locals community, but what we are doing going forward is that after this show, uh, if you're watching on locals right now, you just keep watching. Otherwise there is a link down below. And if you want to watch the post game show where I'll do some questions, it's just going to be on the fly. No papers, no nothing. Some questions, some comments. The guys can correct me if I butchered anything, whatever it might be. Uh, that is what we are gonna do. So uh, the link for that is right down below. As I said, if you're watching on Locals right now, you are good. Uh, it's also Monday, so we did a little meme Monday action over at the Locals community. This is the one I put up. It's dangerous to believe anything blindly. The science is settled. That's not how science works. You're a racist. That's the one I put up. We got a whole bunch of people putting on uh, some other ones. So you can jump over right now. We are doing this right now. There's gonna be like a minute break, basically. If you're If you're watching, you're gonna see a little bumper. Uh, we're playing some of this, you know, we're doing this all on the fly for the first time. So bear with us if there's any uh, technical hiccups uh, and we'll continue that over there. And then uh, just for, just to be totally clear, tomorrow's show I did pre-tape. So we won't do a post-game show because I'm going to be up with the governor, as I said, uh, up at the inauguration. As I said, I'm going to try to take some video and some other things. Maybe we'll do some live streams on Locals and a bunch more. Uh, anyway, happy 2023, guys. Our work is cut out for us. Uh, but I got nothing better to do than save the world. Do you? Let's find out.
0: That's right. (laughs) I hope you have a wonderful Christmas.
2: Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry Christmas Christmas, and let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon, (laughs) I agree.